everyone. It's Raul Gonzalez from Medicare Agent IQ. And I'm Oscar Ibieta. And so today we are talking about a post AEP strategy. I think a lot of agents get to a point where they're like, all right, all done. We're packing it up and I'm done. And it's December 8th and I'm just going to rest until January 15th or something like that. You know, and I think that there's some danger in that because if you have some momentum right now, you don't want to lose it. I think that's a big, yeah. a big deal. I see a lot of agents that are losing momentum this time of the year, and uh, and, and rightfully so, right? It's the holidays and, and everything like that. I think there can be some balance though, where you can get some work done, get some planning done, and then you you can go from there. So, um, so that's what we're going to be discussing today. So, yeah, I think the days are gone. Uh, the days of Early on, I remember when I first got in, everyone would say, Medicare, that's a seasonal business. You guys are only busy two months out of the year. And, and really the reality is we're busy all year long. And, and as an agent, you can be busy all year long. Um, you should be. Like that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's the idea is, is if you're just doing this seasonally, which you know, if that's the, what you prefer, then who am I to tell you that that's not okay. But if you wanna, if you wanna make a career, if you wanna put yourself in a financial situation to where you're waking up in the morning, three, four years from now, you're waking up in the morning and you're like, okay, now it doesn't matter. I'm making $10,000 a month, no matter what, right. those kinds of things, then you've got to put in that work right now and don't do this just seasonally. If you, if you do it seasonally, you may get there, right? Like there's some agents that just go really, really hard during AEP and maybe they get 300 enrollments, 250 enrollments during AEP, by all means, take a break. But like, that wasn't, that wasn't what their career looked like early on. Like no. maybe they're doing that now where they can work it seasonally, but early on they were working hard year round to build a book of business, to build that residual income. Yeah. You got to get to that. You got to get to that point because it's going to be very difficult to make those high numbers. If you hadn't, if you hadn't laid the groundwork somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, keep, keep working. We got to get that momentum going. One of the big things that we have is kind of looking at the way that individuals are paid in Medicare. So right now you're going to get paid a pretty big chunk of change in January, right? The first kind of that first Wednesday, Thursday mm -hmm. of January, you're going to get paid a pretty big chunk of change for all the sales that you made. But you won't start getting renewals on that until January of 2025. Okay. But here's the thing. This is the most important part. In my opinion is that everything else that you do in 2024, February 1st effective, March 1st effective, April 1st effective, all the way through November 1st of 2024 effective date, you are building what your renewals are going to look like next January. And this is where agents get like, man, I feel like it's so short sighted to just be like, man, I did great. My AP numbers and then just start, start getting paid. You have got to think big picture. How big can I build my renewals for January of 2025? That's what you're working toward right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other part of it is in January, when you get that lump sum payment, because right now we're not getting paid, but come January, you're going to see that paycheck for all the business that you wrote. And so it's easy to get maybe a little bit to, to, to let off the gas and say, okay, I've got some money in the bank. I've got a new set of, of renewals that are coming in and I've got my AEP check. Things are good. Like I can take some time off. And I think, I, I think a lot of times we fall victim to that. And it's not until two or three months later that we're like, oh, 
I need to get it, I need to get it going again. And, and right. before you know it, you've spent the first quarter of the year just relaxing, hanging out, put, had it in cruise control when really you should have been building towards your 2025 uh, residuals towards that campaign or putting a campaign together to build towards that. I think that's the the danger in just quitting on December 8th. And I, I always, did you ever, like, and we're generationally different, uh, <laughs> but did you ever watch the Flintstones growing up? I did. Okay. Yeah. So on the Flintstones, I always, I, I always use this, uh, illustration for myself and I kind of thinking about there, there's certain people who will at five o'clock or on December 8th, they jump on the dinosaur and yabba dabba do their way <laughs> out of there. And, uh, that's a great danger, not just because, okay, like on December 8th, sure. I mean, what do you, you always take a, you always take a day off on December 8th right. and you go and enjoy it. Absolutely. But what I'm talking about is people, it's, it's kind of like, uh, people who like if you don't, you don't work out for, for a month, how much harder is it to go and start working out again? Mm -hmm. uh, when, when you're ready, it's a lot easier to just stay with it, right? Be consistent yeah. in that same way. Don't just, you know, yabba dabba do your way out of there <laughs> on December 8th. You gotta, you gotta put in that work because the biggest danger that I see is people, they not even just taking that first month off, like, you know, from December 8th, really till about January 8th, what I see is people who end up taking January or, you know, until January 8th, but then they, it just continues on because it's hard to get off the sofa once you have made it. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. And I, I know an agent who literally rolled into AEP in that same situation, just kind of like, you know, like not, not with no sense of urgency, nothing. And their AEP numbers really struggled when I know they could have done a lot better because they chose to just, you know, just kind of roll out of bed. So what would you say, Oscar, to an agent who maybe is in a situation where they're like, hey, look, you know, I don't have any financial worries. I'm, I'm, I'm good where I'm at right now. What would, would you, what would you tell them? Yeah, you, you gotta, you've got to plan for the future. You've got to think big picture. What does, what does, where do you picture yourself three, four, five years from now? Yeah. And you've got to operate with that mindset. You can't operate with just simply saying, okay, I'm good. Because if I'm being completely honest, I've been there and, and I've, I've been in that situation where I was like, okay, I'm comfortable. I'm doing well. I'm going to let off the gas. And, and, um, and then it turned out, you know, I was like, well, Maybe I don't want to let off the gas. There, there's a lot more that I want to accomplish for myself or my family. And so think about what's important to you and what drives you and then what that's going to look like a little bit down the road. And then you got to work backwards and think about what can I do as an agent? What can I do here with my career to get to where I want to be a year from now, three years from now and five years from now? But my advice would be just to always continue to think forward, think down the road um, and, and have a game plan, have some kind of strategy in place. Yeah. There's a, there's a quote, I can't even remember where I heard it, but I love it. It says, give up what you want right now for what you want most. And you can apply that to everything, right? You can apply that yeah. to, 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 to this and that, you know, you may want to just go sit back and relax. You may want to just uh, take, you know, nothing but vacations all, all year long. But is that going to help you get 
where you want to be or is it going to stop you and stump you and, and then you're stuck so uh make sure that you're doing that so on to the next i think we spent a, 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 enough time on that but it's just it my, my hope is that not just that i hope that we encourage people in this like just just stay with it like you're not done yet like yeah. the job job's not done i think you know um so one of the first things that you need to make sure to do is you know after aep would be i always like the idea of the 30 60 90 day follow-up phone calls and so what i'm talking about is is you know after after enrollment you know you know the beginning of january you want to call those clients or in the middle of january and all of the clients that you enrolled and you want to just check in on them Hey, how are you? And what else would you tell them? Did you get your card? Yep. Make sure that they're getting their card because in addition to that, I think a part of that is that January, the reality is we, we all know it's it's a customer service month. It can feel like it's you know probably one of your heaviest customer service months because you've got all of these people that you've enrolled who are transitioning from one carrier to another. They haven't gotten their card. They're not sure how to use you know those extra benefits. They have questions, and so you you want to make sure that if you're going to do this, if you're if you if you want to be successful in this business, I, I believe that January is a month where you can really set yourself apart from other people that are in the industry from other agents and and that's by answering the phone in addition to in addition to putting together these call campaigns at 30 60 90 you've got to be you've got to make sure that you answer the phone and that you're fielding these calls and 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 whatever issue that that it is that they're having be prepared to to resolve those those issues so checking in on them yep. uh you know in in that first month making sure that that they understand that they've gotten their card that they you know make sure take make sure you take advantage of your over-the-counter benefits whatever extra benefits that they may have make sure that you have a conversation with them and just remind them about what it is um, that they've got built into their coverage. And then maybe that's that's an opportunity to uh, to ask for some referrals to say, hey, if there's anybody else that you know who could benefit from a plan like the one that, that we enrolled you with, I'd love to help them. Could you could you share my phone number? Do you still have my business cards, you know, that I left with you? Can you you know, can you please share that? Can you please share my information? Yeah. Uh, so a couple of thoughts that I that I have on that is absolutely every single time that you make a call or you talk to your clients you do want to ask for a referral you do want to you do you do want to put it out there and the reason is is that if you've done a good job throughout the presentation and every time that you've spoken to them since it's part of what you talk about and you're dropping seeds every single time and you dropped many seeds during your presentation you're dropping more and more seeds hopefully that will lead to referral i would might maybe do it a little different for for me i might say hey so at the end of the call so everything's going well with your plan how are you liking it oh good good hey I, what I would love to do is to help any other of your, and I turn this into more than just like a, like a last I throw it in into you know what I would love to do is really help some of your friends enroll into a plan just like this and so who else can you think of that i would be able to help right now and so a lot of times the answer is no but it might it might do two things one sometimes it does th that question who else can you think of You're like 
who else can I think of? Mm-hmm. And but but other times it might be that the next day they're at the doctor's office and somebody's com- they overhear someone complaining, oh my my insurance didn't cover this or that, and then they might say, hey, you know what? Why don't you call my guy? Because I've kind of laid that foundation and I've let people know all throughout. I really really could use your referral. So that's one thing. Um, I think that. The average agent, if you look at like, okay, uh, you know, like when you're in school, there's average grades, right? The average agent is, is around 75, right? That was the, 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 that's what an average is, is a, is a uh, not, not age, um, but the average grade, the average okay. grade yeah. is 75, right? And so the average agent, I think, returns phone calls. I think that, that that's pretty standard that most agents will return phone calls. There's there's those below average that that we hear don't even return phone calls, you know, and which which is a bad move. But I say your average agent does, but those B plus and the A agents are proactively reaching out to their clients. I think that's such an important thing that we need to make sure that we're doing. So so be proactive and reach out. So on the 30-day call, because we don't want to be kind of redundant, I, I might do on the 30-day calls and say, hey, just did you get your ID card? Did you get your did you get your uh did you get to the gym yet? I know that that was something that you looked at on the plan, you know, when we spoke last time that, that you thought you might use. You want me to look up a gym for you? You know, is is, is everything going well with your plan. That's the first call. Maybe on the 60 day calls, I might throw in, Hey, have you, have you set up that first dentist appointment? Maybe I can help look up a dentist for you. And, and then, um, you know, but again, just checking in and then of course dropping, I'd love, I'd love a referral. I'd love to help some of your other friends. Look at the, look at the level of care that I deliver. I I'm, I'm staying in contact with you. I'm sure that there's friends that you have that would benefit from from that kind of that kind of care, right? So, so I throw that out there, and then uh, on the ninety day, it, it you know it's very much the same. Just 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 checking in. I, I like to, and I even tell them I like to call my my customers the first ninety days just to be proactive. In my opinion, you never know if something could come up, and this is for agents. It's important to know, like there are things that happen in those first 90 days that are frustrating to clients that may result in them changing their insurance without talking to you. Yeah. Maybe they regret the decision that they made. They regret the decision. What else? Yeah. They're like, Oh gosh, I I don't know. Uh, and I, I don't want to go back to roll to, to make this change. So let me just, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm just going to go around him, go behind his back and, and switch back to the insurance that I had. Or, and and what's important is if you do have clients who end up in that situation where they want to switch back, make sure that you've had that conversation with them. You know, if if you're, if you're an independent agent and you represent multiple carriers, make sure that you've had the conversation with them and letting them know, Hey, look, if, if you decide that you want to make changes to your insurance plan, you, I want to be your first phone call. Make sure that you're reaching out to me. Don't, don't, call, you know, the number on the back of your card or or don't call, you know, the the number on the TV commercial. If you ever have any questions or if there are ever any concerns and you want to make any changes, please reach back out to me first. Yeah, I think that 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 would be huge because another thing that that can happen is maybe they went to the doctor to their to their new doctor's uh, office and they ran into an agent there that was telling them, oh, no. You, you selected the wrong plan altogether. And so, so then they do that and they're like, uh, there's doubt. Yeah. And so they're thinking about it. They're thinking about it. And then ring, ring, 
Yeah. There you are. And we're like, hey, you know, they, they told me that I'm on the wrong plan. And this is what I do. Look, here's here's I, I personally think that after we sat, remember when we when we talked and, and I got to know you and, and know your situation. I personally think we picked the right plan for you. But here's what I would love to do. I'd love to come out to your home and I'll compare that plan and, and, and show you what you this plan versus what you have right now, just to make sure that, that this is the right option for you. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Come on out. So when you do that, you just saved yourself losing that mm -hmm. customer or when those doubts come out, you just saved yourself all of those things. So I would absolutely make those phone calls. It's one of the most important thing. And then I would call every six months after that. And, and, and I know that's, that becomes difficult, the bigger that your, that your book gets, but that's why, I mean, if you think about it, because a lot of these people, I mean, there's people that I enrolled in the very first AEP that we did as, uh, you know, when I started this company and they still, they have like, they don't change their insurance. They, they are still with me. Rarely I, do I hear from them and, you know, you're earning renewals to do that. So it's the least you could do would be mm -hmm. to, to make a phone call because for every client that stays with me, even though I personally have been quite busy and so, you know, building the agency. So I don't always, you know, I proactively reach out for every client that stays with me. In spite of that, there's two clients that may have left. Right. right? So you want to make sure that, that you're staying in contact with your okay. clients. So next step on kind of your, your post AEP strategy would be maybe plan your T65 campaigns if you haven't already. And so what is, what does that look like? I like the idea of, of doing regular uh, T65 seminars, re regular seminars for people who are maybe a, a educational event because there, there's less, uh, I guess, less rules around doing educational events, you know, just it's, you know, because you could possibly sell a Medicare supplement, you could possibly. So, so the rules are a little bit different. I like them. You can feed people. Uh, so that's the danger though, right? Like what's, <laughs> what's the danger in feeding, feeding the seniors? You've got people coming out for a free meal. They're not even coming. They're not coming out for that seminar. They're not coming out to learn about Medicare. Um, they're just coming out for the free meal. But the reality is those people are always going to be there. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you're going to have those people who show up and they just come for the free meal and they're, they've already got, you know, the next free meal on the calendar with their next Medicare 101 later that week. Um, but those aren't the people that we're looking for. Obviously, the people we're looking for, those who really want to get educated on what Medicare is, um, they're, they're going to be aging in soon. Or if it's just somebody, they can bring a friend who maybe they're not turning 65, but they have Medicare and they just want to learn a little bit more about how that how how medicare works it, it it can lead to an opportunity for you but yeah it can be a little bit dangerous right when you're when you're uh when you're feeding people and it can get it can get expensive yeah remember we're all independent agents and, and we're all business owners and so we're having to take money out of our budget aka our commissions and, and um and and reinvest that. And I think that's important, right? Is reinvesting into your business. Um, yes, but but you don't wanna overdo it to where you're overspending and spending way too much money where maybe the return isn't there. Gosh, I'm spending you know, hundreds of dollars on meals alone um, and the return is not quite there. The, the great part about the T65 strategy is obviously that the that the commissions are much higher for, for someone who's turning 65, but you're absolutely right. Like, so, the the other day I was in one of the one of the uh, one of the 
Facebook groups, and and uh, and I found someone was saying that that yeah, these people showed up to to my uh, to my T sixty five event, and I was I was like, don't come back. I'm like, so that's not my style. I would <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. But I I would I would be honest. I've I've had it. And it's kind of a frustrating thing, and it's just part of the business. It's part of uh, feeding people. But I've had people show up to like if I had one on Tuesday and one on Thursday at two different places, they show up to both of them, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh wow, well, everything wasn't clear. So I figured I would come back one more time. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I was clear. <laughs> I was clear that you were getting another uh, another free meal. <laughs> so, um, so I, I think that uh, that's a great part of a T sixty five strategy. There's a lot of different lead uh, vendors out there that you can take advantage of. You can really just Google Medicare lead vendors. The one thing that I would that I would do with those is just understand that there's, you know, that the T sixty five market is where most agents are working, and because of that, you you have to understand that when you send out those lead cards, even when you get them back, a lot of times it's a struggle to get them back on the phone. And that's just, that's just part of it. So uh, understand that. I think another T65 strategy could be something that you do on Facebook, right? There's, 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 there's vendors, there's lead vendors for Facebook, but also just kind of make sure that you have uh, a page of your own. And, and at some point we'll do a social media, you know, face, you know, how to, how to, I think Facebook, gosh, I was, I was on it maybe 2000, 2007 for the very first time. And back then it was definitely a younger crowd. <laughs> and I would say Facebook now is a much older it's crowd, the older crowd. Now yeah. the, the, the younger crowd, those, the, the, the kids, right. if you will, are looking at Facebook They're like, that's a dinosaur. We don't mess with Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, but so the way I look at it is like, man, what a great opportunity to, what a great opportunity for people who are on Facebook, uh, to that, that's, that's a T65 opportunity. So just figure out ways to do that. Yeah. And, and even, you know, there, there are other ways that you can put together T65 seminars, maybe getting involved with going out in the community and, and finding senior centers or getting in with, with churches and saying, Hey, look, I'd love to, you know, have a relationship here and maybe on a quarterly basis, I'd love to host a, a turning 65 seminar for, for people who come to church here or for, for the senior, the senior apartment complex where you just come out. And, and again, you're building these relationships where you're not having to spend a whole lot of money in in uh, in marketing this thing, you you go where the seniors are at. But obviously, that that also um, is is something that can take some time. You're having to go in and, and create these relationships with with people. And, and another piece, another part of these turning 65 campaigns is remember the the return. Yes, the 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 commissions are going to be a lot higher. Uh, when you when you do get the enrollment, but also that enrollment is a lot further out. And so you you have to make sure that you have the ability to follow up with these people and to stay in contact with them because if they're not turning 65 for for another six months, that means that you've got to keep them, you know, you've got to remain in contact with them from January or February whenever you meet with them all the way through through august and you have to you have to maintain the point of contact with them i think that has to be part of your strategy one do i do i do a great job of following up do i am i am i gonna am i gonna keep up with them and so one thing that i would do is if i talk to them five six months before their birthday it won't be 90 days out 
from from their effective date that I talked to them again. I'm going to call them again. I'm going to check in. And I'm going to once again be proactive and say, hey, here, here's uh, here, here, the reason I'm calling is I just wanted to check. Sometimes you might have extra questions. Did you get your Medicare card in? Did you, you know, because remember we helped you apply. Did you get it? I just wanted to, to check in with you and just remind you I'll, I'll be the one. I'll, I'll, I'll be coming out there exactly three months before your birthday and I will and I will get you in, enrolled. But really wanted to check. Sometimes you 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 might have seen a, a TV commercial. So I just wanted to say hello and, and check in on you. Some agents at this point, you could just text them also like, mm -hmm. hey, just just checking in. Um, you know, I know we have our appointment set for such and such date. But one of the things I wanted to make sure to do is to make sure that everything is um, that everything is going smoothly just via text and, and just just uh you know like by the way this is, this is my cell phone number don't hesitate to, to text me anytime you have a question even if you're watching a, a tv commercial don't hesitate to to shoot me a text with that commercial because it what you're doing is is making sure that they understand you're their agent you're going to be you're going to be the one that's there for them if something were to if something were to happen it really just kind of sets the uh kind of really sets the whole tone, whole tone for the relationship. And what you're doing is you're making an impression from, from the very beginning all the way through the end and throughout the, the relationship, because now it's, it's a relationship. They've got you for life. Uh, you know, that's, that's the, the attitude that you want to have when you meet with these people is, Hey, I'm your agent for life. And you've got to invest in that and you've got to be and, and and so you're making that impression with that follow-up, but let's take it all the way back to even make sure that your presentation is down. Make sure, because what you're doing is you're, you're auditioning for these people and you have to give them a reason to choose you over those other free you know, seminars that they're oh, going yeah. to. So make sure that you've, you've practiced the presentation and your delivery. And, and we've had conversations about this, right? Getting feedback from people, but make sure that your presentation is, is solid because if it's not, then, then they may choose somebody else simply because of your, your, uh, poor presentation. Yeah. It's, it's, it, there's a, <laughs> I think about when you're doing an actual T65, like dinner or a presentation in that way there, I know a guy who, who just kind of makes really corny jokes up, up there. <laughs> and I think that there's a, there's a balance. Like you want to be, you want to be funny. You want to be kind of in, engaging and, but, but without like, it, don't make it almost, it, it has to appear effortless if you're it, in order to make it work. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of funny. And, but I'm also not like, okay, like two guys walk into a bar, like not, not, not that kind of joke, right? Yeah, so. my joke would probably usually be like, hey guys, we're gonna go ahead and get started. I wanna make sure that we stay on schedule. We're only gonna be here for about three hours tonight. <laughs> then and then that's, what, yeah. yeah. So usually you get a laugh out of that. But again, the two guys walk into a bar. Yeah, I don't know yeah. that I'd be making a joke like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and again, everyone's style is different. If you can make it look like you're not trying too hard, if you can make it, if you can make it feel like uh, I'm not wasting your time, those those kinds of things, that's going to be uh, the, the way to do it. So so here's what I want to do. I want to go ahead and and stop right there for for today. And so this will be a two-parter, what, what to do after AEP. And the, the reason is, is, is we're, we're running low on time already and there's a lot more things that, that we wanna talk about. But but again, we just wanna encourage everybody, like don't don't let this be, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like just, just continue to get work done, but also take back, enjoy during the holidays, enjoy your family, enjoy enjoy all of those things. But just just know that there's got to be balance. And, and again,
again, like the same thing, just with, with using the analogy of exercise, it's a lot easier to get off the couch if you haven't been on it all the month of December, right? So yeah, I think that's another thing people tend to do in, um, in December. And they're just like, okay, I'll get to the gym on January yeah. 1st. <laughs> so, uh, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up there. So uh, until next time, we want to remind everybody, we have our social media pages. We have, we have, of course, YouTube, which we broadcast this podcast on, but we also have uh, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, and TikTok. So don't hesitate to reach out to us there if you have some questions, anything that you want us to cover. So until next time.